It's great to be with you this morning. Um, let me encourage you to join the Christmas choir. Uh, because, first of all, Leanne Seddon, she's a legend. Look at her over there. Uh, she leads a great choir. Uh, so if you, if you like to sing, but you've never been in a choir before... You cannot have a better experience than joining the SPS Christmas Choir. So um, let me encourage you to do that. Anyway, I'm saying that because I want to join it, but I can't really do it anymore. So um, do it on my behalf, please. Uh, So we are in the book of Joshua. And I'm feeling thirsty today. And uh, it's our final installment in our series, which we've called Brave. Uh, and we've called it Brave because we've been thinking a little bit about when, when God commanded Joshua to be strong and courageous right at the beginning of his uh, leadership journey. What does it look like for us, each of us, to be people who are strong and courageous in the Lord, to be people who are brave uh, in him? And who stick with him. And we've been thinking a little bit about devotion, about commitment, about obedience, and all those really good things as we've been journeying through together, thinking a bit about Joshua and using him as an example for us. Uh, And I have to admit to you today that you might find it a bit weird where we're going to land today, um, because last week we were in Joshua 8, and this week we're in Joshua 23. Uh, Now, that is not to say that the in-between chapters between then and now are not important, uh, but just to set the context for you of what's happened, uh, or if you've missed it, um, right at the beginning of the book of Joshua, uh, you will remember if you've been following along with us, uh, the people, the Israelites and Joshua are camped outside the promised land and they're preparing to enter into the promised land. And then they cross over, miraculously cross over the River Jordan into the promised land and they enter in. And then the rest of the story, the rest of the tale is all about taking the land that God has promised them. They have this incredible experience at Jericho where the Lord commands them to march around the city for seven days, crying out in worship. And on the seventh day, uh, the walls fall down. And then last week we were talking a bit about their experience at Ai, where uh, they didn't have that experience, where they forgot to follow the Lord and where um, there was failure. But in the end, the Lord came through for them as they turned back to him. And uh, I would really encourage you to go and read the rest of the book of Joshua, um, because what happens is after I, there are various other battles that happen as uh, the Israelites take the various parts of the land that has been promised to them. And then following that, uh, Joshua stands before the people and he divides up the land that has been given to them, the promised land that's been given to them by the Lord, um, into the 12 tribes of Israel. And he gives the land uh, to be looked after by all those people so that's the context of what's happened and that's been the whole journey and I'd really encourage you to go uh, and read it there's some absolutely fascinating stuff in here Um, but we find ourselves now at the end at the kind of culmination of Joshua's leadership Um, Joshua is is elderly now he feels like he's getting to the end of his uh, journey of leading the people Um, and so he begins to hand over responsibility Um, And this is a really, these are two, we're going to look at chapters 23 and 24, and these are really, really exciting parts um, of what Joshua says. So let me pray, and then we're going to jump right into scripture. 
Lord Jesus, I thank you that you have been with us as we've been journeying through uh, the book of Joshua over these last few weeks. And, and I thank you, God, for your call on each of our lives to be people who bravely follow you, who bravely step into what it is that you have for us as you lead us and as you guide us. And God, as we uh, finish that journey today, would you be with us? Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? Um, we love you, Lord. Amen. Okay, we're going to start off in uh, Joshua 23. I'm going to read us from verse 1. Um, and uh, I've been very unkind to Joe, who's doing the words today, because I said, oh, here's the scriptures, but I might flit around a bit. And that's the worst thing that someone on tech can hear from someone who's going to preach. So um, apologies, Joe. Uh, chapter 23. After a long time had passed and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them, Joshua, by then a very old man, summoned all Israel their elders, leaders, judges, and officials, and said to them, I am very old. You yourselves have seen everything the Lord has done to all these nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. Remember how I have allotted as an inheritance for your tribes all the land of the nations that remain, the nations I conquered between the Jordan and the Mediterranean Sea in the west. The Lord your God himself will push them out for your sake. He will drive them out for you, and you will take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised you. And then he says this, be strong, be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. What I wanted to think a little bit about today is remembering. These chapters that we're going to look out are about Joshua looking back over what's happened to him and remembering what God has done. And this, this first little section here, what Joshua is doing is he's called together all the elders, he's called together the leaders, the judges, the officials, everyone in the people of Israel. And he reminds them of the story of his leadership. He reminds them of what has happened to him and what's happened to them. And that's why in verse 6, it, it's amazing that Joshua goes back to what God commanded him right at the very beginning. And he reminds them all. He says this, be very strong. Be careful to obey all that's written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. That was the command that the Lord gave to Joshua in, when we looked at chapter 1, right at the beginning of his leadership. And now, right at the end, as he's gathered the people, he's reminding them again, this is the story of who God has been to me. This is my story, and this is what he has said. Be very strong. Be brave. And I think there's real power, isn't there, in remembering our own story. There's real power in remembering who we are and what God has done in our lives. I wonder, what's your story? What's the story of what God has done in your life so far? What are some of the words maybe that God has spoken to you or that others have spoken to you that have stuck with you or that you're seeing come to fruition now or that you're still waiting on? What's your story? A little bit of my story. Some of you know me, some of you don't. Um, I grew up going to church. I have been going to church since I was born. I've been a Christian since I was born, I think. Um, at the age of seven, I first experienced like the real power of prayer. Um, 
I'll tell you that story another time if you'd like to hear about that. Um, at around the age of 13, I started going along to a festival called Soul Survivor, and that's when I really began to start to understand the real power and energy of the Holy Spirit. And that's when I really would say that I was filled with the Spirit for the first time in a, in a way that I can remember. And then, I'm skipping quite through a lot of my journey, but um, I, I started coming to St. Paul Shadwell when I was about 20. Um, I was in my second year of university and I'd moved on to the Isle of Dogs and we were looking for somewhere uh, to go to church. And we started to come here. Uh, and I began to discern a call to ordained ministry. And some of you journeyed with me uh, through that. And part of what made me realize that, uh, that that was what was happening to me was that it was a call that I was sensing a call to um, be ordained was that I was sitting probably around there where Johnson's sitting. And I was watching uh, Rick, who was the vicar at the time, uh, preside over communion. So he was uh, leading communion in front of everyone. And I just felt this tug that was like, I really want to do that. I really, I really want to do that. And that was weird, because until that point, I had anyone who'd ever said to me, um, oh, you're going to be a vicar one day. Uh, I was like, no, not a chance, no way, absolutely not. I can't think of anything. I would rather do less. Um, and yet, here I was. Um, and so after sort of that experience, and actually that experience continued through, every time I watched someone preside over communion, it was that tug of like, oh, I feel like I need to do that, and I want to do that. Um, I began to like explore the journey and to cut a long process and a long story short, uh, here I am. And now I have the privilege every time, most weeks, of being able to stand up here on that very platform and to preside over communion, just in that same place where I watched that happen years before and God began that tug uh, in my heart. So that's part of my story. I wonder what your story is. What is the story about what God has said to you? What is the story maybe of something that God called you to or something that God said about you years ago that you're now living in the truth of? I think for each of us, we all have a story and some of us feel like our stories aren't particularly exciting, you know, especially those of us who grew up in church, those of us who kind of have always been hanging around other Christians and kind of get this thing and we grew up in it. We feel like our story is not very exciting. It's just kind of what we do. But the power of our story is that we get to be people who are journeying with Jesus. And what Joshua is doing here is he's reminding the people, God has been with me. God has called me. And now I'm living in the context of the calling that God has put on my life. And that's what God's saying to each of us today. It's that you each have a story and he sees each of your stories and he knows them. So let me encourage you this morning to remember your story. Remember who you are. Remember who God has called you to be. The, th the second thing that Joshua does is he, he, remem well, he remembers the story of who he is, and then he remembers the story of who God is. Let's dip back in uh, at chapter 24. And what Joshua is doing here is that he stands in front of the people and he's summarizing to them all. He's telling them all what's just happened over this lifespan of his leadership. He's reminding them all of their story. 
Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. So he's reminding all the people of where they've come from. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I assigned the hill country of Seir to Esau, but Jacob and his family went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there, and I brought you out. When I brought your people out of Egypt, you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But they cried to the Lord for help, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians, and then you lived in the wilderness for a long time. I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived east of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them before you, and you took possession of their land. When Balak, son of Zippor, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel, he sent for Balaam, son of Baor, to put a curse on you. But I would not listen to Balaam, so he blessed you again and again, and I delivered you out of his hand. Then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, as did also the Amorites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hittites, Girgashites, Hivites, and Jebusites. But I gave them into your hands. I sent the hornet ahead of you which drove them out before you, also the two Amorite kings. You did not do it with your own sword and bow. So I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build, and you live in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Joshua is reminding the people of the story of who God is, who God has been to them, What God has done, this incredible story, this incredible rescue from Egypt. You know, as Moses has led them through the Red Sea into the wilderness as they've wandered. And then as they come into the promised land, as they've entered into the promises of God that have been promised for generation after generation. Joshua is standing and reminding them all, this is who our God is. This is who he is. This is who he has been. And this is what he has done. And, you know, we have the privilege, don't we, of being able to do that. That's part of what it's about when we gather each week like this, is that we get to sort of say to one another, this is who God is. This is what he has done. This is the story of the God that we love and the God that we follow. The God that brought them out of Egypt, brought the people out of Egypt. The God that saw them, saw the people. The God that was faithful to them and provided for them. He is the very same God who we follow and who we worship and who we serve. And yet we get to know even better, don't we, what God is like. Because since that time, since the time when Joshua was leading the Israelites, God himself, his son Jesus, has walked the earth. And we get to see him, we get to draw near to him. We get to come up close with him to see a little bit what God is like. And it turned out God was exactly who he said he was all along. A God who loves and rescues his people. A God who is on a rescue mission to bring us out of sin, to bring us out of darkness, to bring us out of death itself. 
That is the God that we follow, the God who provides for his people, the God who never leaves his people even when they turn from him. And Jesus walked the earth, didn't he? He showed us how to live the most incredible, upside-down, topsy-turvy, wild life, how to love each other really well. He showed us how to care for people that society doesn't care for. And more than that, to prove once and for all that this God really is who he really said he was all along. He really is that kind of God. Jesus, his son, was put to the most horrific death. The death that all of us deserved because of the sin and the destruction and the ways that we've treated each other in this world that separate us from the holiness and goodness of that God that we know. And then to show us once and for all that we get to be friends with God, Jesus came back to life, defeated death, was raised from the dead, and we get to know him forever, both now on this earth as he teaches us and shows us how to live, and for eternity as he promises us life with him forever. And not just that, but he sent his Holy Spirit to be with us so that we know that we're not on our own. We don't have to do it on our own. This is the kind of God that we know. This is the story of who he is. And this is what we get to remember every week when we gather like this, throughout our weeks, when we gather in different ways and when we pray on our own and when we gather in small groups and when we're out and about. This is the story that we carry with us. This is who we get to be. This is the story that we get to remember of who our God is is and we must remember it we need to remember it it's incredible isn't it how much we can go through our lives just pootling along forgetting that the very God who created the stars and the moon and the sky and the earth is the same God who sent his son to die just so that he can be friends with us just so that he can hear us talk to him about the silly little things that go on in our lives and the really important huge things that go on in our lives How often do we just forget? How often do we just forget that that is the God whose story we get to live in? We need to remember it. We need to hold it with us daily. That's why God commands Joshua and Joshua commands the people not to turn their heads from the scriptures to the left or the right. We can think all we want, can't we? We can imagine up all we want, the kind of God that we expect him to be. But when we turn to his word, when we open the pages of that book he's given us as a gift, we're reminded daily, we're reminded over and over again of this wild, incredible God that we know. This God who would do such a strange thing as to send his son down to earth as a human to walk amongst us and show us how to live, to die for us, that we might be friends with him forever. So Joshua remembers the story of his calling, his own story. And then Joshua remembers the story of God, the story of who God is and what God has done. And then he calls people to remember the story of the people, the story of what's happened. Let's pick back up at um, verse 14. Uh, Joshua continues. Now... Fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. 
But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered, far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents up out of Egypt from that land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. So in the context of remembering who God is and what he has done, Joshua calls the people to follow the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, he says, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. We need to remember who we are together in the context of what we've already remembered, you know, our own stories, the calling that God has on our lives and the story of who our God is. Gathered here each week. And Joshua says, as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. And when we gather together like this, it's, we're like a household of households, aren't we? Over the whole like coronavirus uh, scenario, we, we became very familiar, didn't we, of, of, of what a household means. And for some of us, that was really difficult. In fact, probably for all of us, that was really difficult because we realized that the word household, the people maybe who live in our house, aren't necessarily our households. They're not necessarily the people who we hold close to us, who are our people, you know, who are our group. What I say to you this morning is that when we gather like this, we are a household of households. Mark told me... uh, this week that um, Justin Welby calls Lambeth Palace a community of communities. So that I'm just admitting that because I've nicked this to say that we're a household of households. Um, but we are, we're a household of households. We are a gathered household made up of all these different households. However you perceive that, you know, you might be a household of one or you might be a household of 20. But when we gather like this, we are a household of household. A household, I'll stop saying that word in a minute, uh, of people who God has called, each one of us, who are gathered with all our different stories and all our different callings and all the different ways that God has drawn us together. And we get to come together. The story of our people is our response in this particular context to our own stories of God in our lives and the stories of who God is. So who are we? What is this that we're doing here? Well, at SPS, we are people who are committed to making disciples, transforming communities, and planting churches. Now, that's the language that we use. That's our vision statement, and it's also a description of the activities that we do. We're people who are committed to making disciples, transforming communities, and planting churches. But we have a long history, a long story that goes way beyond, way before, rather, uh, when we put words on those things. 
This church started in 1656, when, uh, and it was a church plant originally from St. Dunstan's in Stepney. And it was a chapel of ease designed to serve the men and women of the London docks. And since then, there has been this worshipping community here that has had its ups and its downs. It's had a call of God on its life. And it has existed and served this community for all that time. And that is the story that we are all part of now. This household of households, we are all part of together. You know, and a lot of you will know, 17 years ago, a team came over from Holy Trinity Brompton in West London to come and revitalize this space as a result of a small group of people who faithfully prayed in this place that the doors would stay open. And each of you, whether you perceive it or not, are part of that story, are part of that journey. And it's important that we take time regularly to look back at our story and to remember who we are. Because God has called each one of us to play our part in what he's doing to build his kingdom here in East London and beyond. And then we get to do the same thing as well, don't we? We get to, uh, as well as be part of the story that God has created and look back and remember it, we get to be part of the story that God is creating, that God is writing for us and for the people of East London and beyond by planting churches, by making disciples, by transforming communities. We get to do all of that stuff all together. And that is our story. That's the story of who we are here. And some of you have been in this room for all of those 17 years. And some of you have been in this room for the first time today. And either way, God is calling each of us to remember who you are. Remember who he is. And remember the story of this community. And the story of this household of households that he calls us to be part of. Why don't the band come up and join me? We are a household of households. We have the privilege of getting to serve the Lord together, of getting to be people who say, as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. We get to do that as individuals and we get to do that as a community. You know, we get to say that to our community who are looking on at us. We get to say, choose today who you will serve. But as for me, as for us, as for this household, as for this community, we're going to serve the Lord. That's what we're going to do. And we want you to come and join in with us. Because we believe that God is calling you. God is calling people from around this community to come and be part of what God is doing in this place. I hope you're excited about that. Because I am. Why don't we stand together? We get to remember together every time we gather, every time we come into the presence of God, who he says we are. We get to remember together who he says he is and what he has done. And we get to remember the story of our people, the story of the people of God gathered in this place, in this particular, for this time. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are. Lord, I thank you for the power of remembering 
Would you help us to be people who remember who we are in you? Help us to remember what you've done for us. Would you remind us when we forget? God, we know that we're people who forget very easily. Would you help us to be people who don't turn our heads to the left or the right, but who come to you to remember who you are, to remember what you've done. And I praise you, Lord Jesus, that you are using us, small parts gathered together to make a huge difference in this community, in Tower Hamlets, in Shadwell and Wapping and Newham and south of the river and beyond, Lord Jesus, you're using us. And I praise you for that. Maybe if you, um, maybe you want to say to the Lord this morning, like, I want to join in with that. I want to join in with what it is that you are doing, Lord God. I want to be part of the story that you are writing as part of this place, as part of St. Paul Shadwell, as part of uh, church in general. Maybe just want, if you would like to, you can just hold out your hands as a sign of um, giving that over to the Lord. There's no magic in doing that. It just sometimes helps us to hold out our hands as a symbol of waiting on him and remembering together that he calls us, each of us and all of us, as many and as one, to continue writing this incredible story that he calls us to be part of. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Would you help us to be people who remember, Lord God? Would you use us to do those things that only you can do? To bring healing on our streets, Lord. To to bring people to you. To bring joy and light and hope into those places where there is such darkness, God. We know that you can do that and you use us to do it. Thank you that you have weaved each one of us into the community of this place, the story of this place. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're going to continue in our, in our worship together now. And let me remind you as well that um, as we take communion, there's going to be a, a team of people waiting to pray for you. And whenever we uh, have conversations about, about calling and about God speaking, it always stirs things up in, in us, doesn't it? You know, we are reminded again that we are people who have turned our eyes towards the Lord and that he calls us in a particular direction. So if you'd like someone to stand with you and pray uh, with, about that or about anything else, um, as we take communion, there's going to be opportunity to do that. Uh, but for now, why don't we continue in, in our worship?